Connect with your potential customers wherever they are. Effective uses Comcast viewership data insights to combine advanced targeting capabilities with premium TV and streaming content so you can deliver the best ad experiences to your audience no matter how they watch. Visit EFFECTV.com. Welcome to the Grit Daily Startup. I'm your host, Sebastian Rusk, and this is a podcast about what goes on behind the scenes at startups. The good, the bad, and the gritty. Let's dive in. Tom, welcome to the show. Thank you, Sebastian. Uh, Glad to be here. Glad to have you here. Thanks for taking some time out of your day to hang out with us here at the Grit Daily Startup Show. You know, Tom, we love to talk about the world of startup, the good, the bad, what we like to call the gritty. So I'm curious to hear what your experience has been in the world of startup. But before we get into all of that, let's help our listeners better understand a little bit more about you and your backstory. Absolutely. Thank you for that. And so uh, I'm a, uh, what's called an ICANN accredited registrar. Uh, we are uh, we're like a GoDaddy. Uh, I have a, a smaller niche in the marketplace, which I'll talk about. Uh, but I've been in the domain name space. I started my business 20 years ago. And before that, I ran another uh, registrar that was out in the business. And so I've been doing this pretty much since the web started in 1995. Uh, before that, I was in factory automation for jet engine manufacturing and business process reengineering and so forth. That's funny. We have something in common. I worked for a domain registrar 20 years ago myself. That was my first real job. I didn't go to college, but I got a, you know, a, a desk job, if you will, and uh, moved myself to the suburbs of Chicago and uh, worked there a year. Oh, um, tell me, it was, uh, was that Registry Pro? No, that was It's Your Domain, which it's later domain. sold which later sold to two cows for a gazillion. I'm like, I should have stuck around. But uh, yeah, I headed out to the West Coast, got a job from uh, from there, actually looking for a vendor, uh, looking for prospects that wanted to sell domain names, found the guy on an infomercial, ended up moving to Southern California and going to work for him. So that was my that's my domain name story. Well, so I've, I, as I mentioned, I've been in this space since the beginning of the web. Uh, yeah. I actually started to work for a business called Thomson Reuters, which is a information services yeah. business. Uh-huh. So I, I built the internet business for them to serve trademark lawyers. Right. And that's how I got into this space initially. Uh, in terms of startups, I, I, I launched one business for them. I launched a second, which I had to shut down, lay everyone off. Yeah. I went to run a, a UK-based registrar. Uh, and again, uh, the dot, dot com crash happened. I had to lay off my team there. Uh, and that's when I basically started my business. Yeah. Um, so more recently, though, I've, I've migrated from, um, I'm currently uh, the biggest reseller in the country for some new extensions like .bank, .cpa, .pharmacy, but we've gotten into blockchain integration of domain names. And so now we support hundreds and hundreds of new extensions uh, on the blockchain. And in particular, I've launched a, a trademark search engine for blockchain domain names that I call altroots.com. Oh, very cool. Yeah, let's talk about that for a second because I haven't yet registered my blockchain domain yet. It it was quite the complicated process last year because of gas fees. I'm sure it may be a little bit easier these days. How is all of that coming together with Web3 and traditional domains? Right, and so the the, the most popular Web3 domain names are .eth, which runs on Ethereum, and they have the gas problem you talked about. 
there's another company called Unstoppable Domains that offers nine or 10 extensions like .nft, .crypto. They migrated away from Ethereum last year to go to Polygon because of the gas fees. Yeah. And then finally, there's another, there's, there's a, there's the players are coming out of the woodwork. It's really, is, it's wild how many uh, uh, Web3 domain name services there are today. Nearly every blockchain has their own extension, but then there's quite a few companies offering first come first serve extensions, both for individuals, for their digital identity, as well as for corporations that want to be on the Web3 uh, namespace. Why would you say it's important for a brand business individual to grab a Web3 domain? So Web3 is the next iteration of the internet, right? This is where individuals like you and me get to uh, really determine uh, how we share our personal information. Uh, we get a permanent digital identity or username or wallet, whatever you want to call it. But this is how we want to, uh, we want to control our data, right? And that's, that's, a, that's a big distinction between Web3 Web two, we want to own our data. We want to own our our, our identity. Sure. And so, if you're a brand and you want to uh, be seen as trustworthy to consumers, you need to be engaging them on Web three. Yeah, absolutely. So um, it'll be interesting to see how this start, all starts to play out. But I, you know, I, there has been a little action from a few friends of mine um, that are registered their domain. I don't know if they ended up selling it in the middle of last year or whatever it was. But there's a little aftermarket action already starting to happen now with Web three domains. Have you seen some of that taking place? Oh, absolutely. So Web three domain names are NFTs, and so you can go to any uh, marketplace like OpenSea and see actually domain names for sale many number of different extensions. Uh, as you point out that uh, obviously OpenSea's, their trading volume has crashed with this crypto winter, but the, the registrations for Web3 domains have gone through the roof, probably because uh, the price of crypto is so low. And, uh, and of course, with Ethereum going to proof of stake, you know, that promises to, to, to bring the gas fees way down for any Ethereum-based uh, domain name as well. Yeah. Most definitely. So, uh, so is the aftermarket is what you've been primarily focused on, or how, how, what what is the primary focus of Encirca and what you guys do? So we are we are more into brand protection. We help brand owners protect their brands in Web three. Uh, so we actually register Web three domain names. We will help trademark owners claim the ones that are reserved for them. So several of the blockchains like Handshake have actually, and, and Unstoppable, have reserved famous trademarks. And so we help trademark owners go through that process. Uh, but then we also have downloaded the, the, the bulk of Web3 domain names into our search engine. And so we not only can tell you if your exact is registered or available or on the aftermarket like OpenSea, we also can tell you about all the close similarities. And so if someone's trying to do a, a typo squat, they call it. They're trying to misspell your brand on purpose and mislead your customers. We can uncover all of those close similarities. Very cool. Very cool. So um, are, where tra traditional domains going to continue to do what they've always done uh, with, with, with the onset of Web3? Oh, absolutely. I, you know, Web3 is not going to go away anymore. That, you know, there's still people still using AOL and CopyServe out there. So and this is 20, 25 years later. So Web Web 2 is not going away. The rules and regulation for Web 2 are going to stay in place. They've been developed over 20 years. The issue is that there's no rules and regulation on Web 3. 
So if you're a brand owner or a startup and, and someone is cyber squatting on your, your trademark, there is no recourse today, right? You cannot uh, complain to a, a GoDaddy. You can't uh, file a dispute. They're called UDRPs. You can't go to court because there's no one to serve a court order to. So it's really wild, wild west right now, Web3 in terms of trademark protection and any sort of regulation. And so I think uh, startups are wise to secure their trademarks proactively, even if they don't know what they're going to use them for yet. Yeah, absolutely. And do you think that'll change? Oh, yeah. It will eventually change. The, the big, but, but which, what the real question is whether or not it will be changed through government regulation or through private sector self-governance, which is what we're what happens now in Web2 via the ICANN group. Sure. So I, I think you're going to see, uh, you're already seeing it, the emergence of decentralized autonomous organizations. So Ethereum's ENS, their, their naming service, already has a DAO set up. It launched about a year ago. And this is a group where through consensus, they come up with the policies and, and how they want to self-govern their namespace. And they will eventually come up with policies to, to punish bad actors. Yeah. That's funny. It's like, how do we regulate deregulation? So that. <laughs> well, yeah, that's right. So the DAO is a way to say, look, as a community, there are certain activities we don't find acceptable. And we certainly want to, uh, we may not be able to change the, the smart contract that, that's in place. So we can't, we can't force an ownership change, but we can certainly announce to the world, hey, this is a bad actor. Let's not resolve them via Web3 browsers. Let's not uh, have them listed on marketplaces like OpenSea. Because they, they frankly are not helping the ethos of, of Web3. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about the startup world a little bit. You know, we love to talk about the, the good, the bad, and the gritty, like we, like we like to call it here. What would you say has been the worst part of the startup process over the past couple decades that you've been in business? So, uh, you know, I, I often, you know, I'm completely uh, bootstrapped my business. In fact, I started it right after 9 11. Um, and, and yeah, I'd, I'd been, I was normally on a plane every week. As you recall, plane travel was shut down. Uh, so I completely bootstrapped it. But having run a, a previous uh, venture-backed startup, which is what I did in the UK, we, we, I sold it to a, another company on the London Stock Exchange, uh, I decided I wanted more control and ownership. And so uh, I am my investor, right? I, I, I invested in my own business for several years. I didn't pay myself for several years. Uh, now I'm in a position where obviously I can, I can draw a nice salary. But the, the real debate is, well, gee, if, should I go out and try to bring in outside investors? Uh, and if I did, uh, obviously you give up some ownership, but could that accelerate the growth of my business? Yeah. And I think that's the biggest question I, I always ask is, you know, if somebody, if I brought in a partner who wanted to invest a few million, where would I take the business? Is it worth going through all the dog and pony roadshow you need to do in order to, uh, it obviously takes away from the business to do that. And is it worthwhile giving up some percentage of ownership to, to grow your business? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, and that's and that's uh, a big decision a lot of business owners have to make. I went through that earlier this year, and I'm just glad that the deal didn't work out because what was on the <laughs> other side of that was so much better, which was an increase in business without an investor. Imagine that. So uh, it's not always uh, the bright, shiny object isn't always as bright and shiny as as one would would expect. So to the opposite of that, what would you say the best part of the startup process has been? 
Well, I, I love building stuff. As I mentioned, I, I used to build jet engines my first life. So I'm just, I just like to build. Uh, I'm not the kind of guy that, you know, uh, once something is built, uh, I like to run it. I'm, I'm lousy at operations. So I like to delegate that part. And so the best part, obviously, if you want to create something, you want to have some creativity, imagination, and you're first to the market, that's always a, a big rush. Yeah, it really is. And it absolutely is. And and what's the what's the gritty part of the startup process? What's the real, I mean, besides all of it, uh, <laughs> but in your experience? Well, it's, it, you know, in my experience, it's, it's having to do sales, right? Yeah. Everyone, no one likes yeah. to cold call, right? And so uh, you, you obviously you need to come up with a great story, but sales has always been a painful process, yeah. even, even today, 20 years later. So well, especially in your business too, because you're trying to get somebody who's already doing something that they're probably okay, satisfied with, uh, to start doing business with you uh, instead for whatever reason they may be. And you know, I, I remember the domain business. There wasn't a gigantic amount of benefit outside of better pricing and customer service. That was really it. <laughs> that that, that's right. So, uh, so it, it, it's been a, it was a commodity business 20 years ago. It's still a commodity business. And so the key is how to differentiate yourself I don't like to sell 50 cent domain names. That's why yeah. I focus on dot bank, dot pharmacy. These sure. are, you know, these have a thousand dollar price tag. Uh, and so we, you know, we, we're first and foremost, more of an engineering business than a sales and marketing business. Yeah. How many domain names do you personally own? Uh, I own too many because I, I, I have a lot of new business ideas. And so I, I'll, I'll I, I think of something and I grab a bunch of domain names related to that. Um, some of who have sat on the shelf for, for uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm embarrassed. I've had them for 20 years. Yeah, I still have So there's too many. So the real, the real key for any entrepreneur is you need to focus. Yeah, right? you, need, you can't you can't spread yourself out and try to pursue a lot of projects at once. Uh, and so we're we're trying to stay focused on on what I call the the regulated extensions like bank and CPA, and then integration into the blockchain, and in particular helping trademark owners on the on web three love it man well it's good to see the domain business is still alive and well and thriving and uh, now the onset of web three domains uh gives it a nice um you know boost to what the already you know ex very very useful service was when having a business or a brand uh online so well tom i appreciate you taking some time to hang out uh here on the show and share a little bit about what you got going on uh with the domain uh world and what you got going on with the integration of web3 etc so thanks again uh for chatting with me for a few minutes any final thoughts for our listeners yo you you, you gotta get going now if you don't know how web3 fits into your business you should at least open up an account buy a little crypto buy yourself a cold wallet uh, get understand how Web3 works because it's it's, it's going to be, be upon you before you know it. That's great advice. Thanks again, Tom. Appreciate it, buddy. Have a good day. All right, Sebastian. Great talking to you. You too. Until Bye. next time, friends. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Grit Daily Startup. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you consume podcasts. This way you'll get updates as new episodes become available. This podcast is brought to you by GritDaily.com, the premier startup news hub. More information at GritDaily.com. Once again, I'm your host, Sebastian Rusk. Until next time, friends. Can I-
Connect with your potential customers wherever they are. Effective uses Comcast viewership data insights to combine advanced targeting capabilities with premium TV and streaming content so you can deliver the best ad experiences to your audience no matter how they watch. Visit EFFECTV.com.